Hello, everyone, and welcome to Minute 48 of Movie Around Minute, the daily podcast where we take on wild trips through the 1987 John Hughes comedy, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, one minute at a time. I'm Rob, and joining me on this lovely Wednesday morning, or afternoon, or evening, wherever, you, wherever you're listening <laughs> to this, is David Brooke of Blueprint Review. Welcome back to the show, David. Hello, hello, hello. Yes, ready for more. Planes, trains, and automobiles. We, yeah. We've got some classic bits coming up soon. Yeah, and it, it looks pretty cold outside, so it's a good thing that, that we're we're in somewhat warmer weather than than they are than yeah. in the. Oh, oh yeah, <laughs> definitely. So this minute begins with Neil walking along the highway and ends with a woman on the phone giggling. So as we saw yesterday, Neil sort of got stranded in this massive car park in the airport. You know, he is the car in V5 was missing. Now he needs to make his way back to the airport terminal in order to try and get another car, I guess. There is absolutely no dialogue in this entire minute. This is a dialogueless minute. You know, we, we get the music as we discussed yesterday. Within that music, we also get the, the same callback that we had yesterday, where we hear Neil once again screaming, You're messing with the wrong guy. But we get to actually see, this is a very visual minute because we get to see his journey that he's taking from this car rental parking lot back to the airport. So he starts walking down the the highway and we see all these cars speeding by. And then it jumps, the, the scene changes and we see him standing on an embankment that's like filled with ice and snow. And he has this bright idea that he's going to, you know, take a shortcut and walk down this embankment. So you, you see the look on his face. He, he seems to, to contemplate whether it's a good idea or not. And he comes to the conclusion that he probably is making the right decision in doing this. You know, we, we obviously don't know exactly where he is. So we could, you know, we, we can't make that judgment. We, we have to rely on Neil to make that judgment of whether it's the right call or not. And he starts walking down. Now, just the, the, 10 or 15 seconds that we get to see him walking down the same embankment are great. I mean, Neil, uh, Steve Martin, once again, shows how great of an actor he can be, you know, because he takes this, this normal everyday type of situation of someone walking across snow and just turns it into something completely different. Hmm. You know, we get to see the, the look on his face as he's, you know, making, making the steps. He's, you know, one step at a time and, and he, he's concerned that he might fall down. He's concerned that he's going to lose his balance. You know, he keeps testing the, the ground as he's he's walking down this uh, embankment and stuff like that. So, I mean, it's it's done really, really well. And Yeah, yeah, it's a lo- lovely bit of physical comedy. Yeah, and he, like, tries to balance himself. And then at one point he loses his balance, and we see him, like, slide down the embankment. And you see his hat and... Uh, the, the bags fall also. They, they all, all three of those items fall separately. You know, the suit bag and the what? Yeah. What were you going to say? The briefcase stays at the top. That's right. right. That's what I was just about to say. Right. I was about to say that the, 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 the that's okay. The garment bag and the hat fall down, but the suitcase actually gets stuck on the embankment. Okay. Which means that later on he's going to have to climb back up there to get the suitcase. You know, <laughs> which you don't really think about at the time. And then we see Neil, there's a shot of Neil on the ground with a lot of uh, slush and snow around him. 
And we see his hat is just uh, not that far away from him. And as he's about to reach out to get his hat, you see a, some sort of truck or something that just comes by and just uh, completely flattens it. And, you know, it just disappears. There's there's absolutely no hat anymore. Yeah. Now, wouldn't the driver notice that there's some guy on the on the ground there? Maybe, although I get the, it feels almost like it happens, maybe it happens straight away, like he just didn't really have time to stop, like he just... Well, he doesn't even slow down. Almost. <laughs> no, no, yeah. You know, I mean, the, the slide itself is fun to watch. I mean, he does a great job with that, the way that he that he falls down there. You know, but, but he although is was... pretty close to that truck. Yeah, well... He's so close. I'm actually looking at this shot. If you actually look, you never see his face. I don't think that's Steve Martin. I don't um, think so either. De- <laughs> no, no. And, de- and definitely not when he's sliding down. You can tell again, you don't see his face. when he- There's the two shots when he's sliding towards the camera and away from the camera. Oh, well, vice versa. And, and it's not him. But yeah, you can tell when he's on the floor by the truck, it's not him either. Right. You can tell he-, he doesn't quite have the same mannerisms. True. But when he falls down, it is him. Oh, yeah. You the, can the see it's him. Is, yeah. To oh, the- yeah, definitely. But it. You know, the, the sliding down is right. You, you know what? It even looks... It's the falling me, off the edge, I guess, that isn't it? Right. But it looks to me that, that the guy who is falling, who apparently is just the stuntman, not just the stuntman, it is the stuntman. Sorry. <laughs> it looks like he's wearing a fake... He's wearing a wig that he has white hair. You know, it doesn't look like it's Steve Martin's regular yeah, hair. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that, that that's interesting. I didn't even think about that fact. But, yeah, the, the guy's on the ground there is is probably not Steve Martin because that is pretty dangerous to be so close to the truck. Yeah. And there's just something slightly off about it. He doesn't quite have the, because Steve Martin's brilliant at physical comedy. And it just, it, his reaction to it is, is a, you kind of feel like Steve Martin would have done more to it. I think it just feels a bit, um, there's just something slightly off about it. Yeah. Could be. And then like, I'm after that, they didn't, sorry. no, go ahead. I was just saying, I'm kind of surprised they don't cut to a close-up of his reaction to the hat, but um, I guess you almost don't need it because you just—it's—it's it's ramping up so so much the kind of the crap that's <laughs> befalling him at the moment. So maybe you don't need it. Yeah, completely. And again, I mean, you can see that that he does look in the direction of the truck after the hat is gone, saying yeah. to himself once again, "I can't believe this is happening to me." Hmm. You know. So, and then uh, the shot changes, and we get to see. Neil walking across the runway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know. I don't think it'd be that easy to get onto the runway. <laughs> yeah, even 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 prior to, to, to 9-11. I don't know if you could really get that that simply <laughs> onto the, the runway as he's doing that. And as he's walking along, we see a whole bunch of, of TWA planes. And we also see another plane with with two blue stripes on it. So I, I decided to do a little bit of, of research, first of all. First of all, I started with, with TWA, right? So for, for anyone who doesn't know, TWA was one of the major American airlines in the 1930s when they created the four major airlines. This was one of them. You had American, United, Eastern, and Transworld Airlines, which at the time was known as Transcontinental and Western Air, which is still TWA. It was bought up in 1939 by Howard Hughes, who owned it. And he actually, after World War II, expanded their flying to Europe, the Middle East, and Asia. 
and they became the, the second unofficial flag carrier of the U.S. Because the first one was considered was Pan Am. Uh, originally, they wanted to create their main hub to be in Kansas City, which here we're in St. Louis, so not that far away. And for some reason, that didn't work out. And in the end, they decided to make their largest hub in St. Louis, where we, where this is actually filmed, at Lambert International Airport. The main transatlantic hub is JFK in New York, or was JFK in New York, right? In 2001, they actually filed for, for bankruptcy, and they were bought up by American Airlines, who, after 9-11, basically fired just about everybody. <laughs> and they, they pretty much closed the, the St. Louis hub not long, not long after that. Now, some of the TWA had some firsts in the airline business. One of the things was in 1930, they were the first airline to offer uh, the first all plane scheduled services from coast to coast. What that meant was, is that it was a, a flight that lasted 36 hours, which stopped off in Kansas City along the way. So it, it you know, it flew from New York to Kansas City, and then you waited around, and then, you know, you moved from there to to LA. You might have had to have a few jumps along the way also, because 36 hours is actually quite long. It takes you a day and a half. Wow. They were actually the first airline to have in-flight movies. So in, in 1961, on a flight between New York and LA, they showed the movie By Love Possessed, which uh, starred Lana Turner. This was on July 19th, 1961. And they they only showed it to the people who were in first class. Hey, you, you, you paid for the yeah, coach, yeah, you yeah. don't get to watch a movie. <laughs> <laughs> no, fair enough. Exactly. So it, since 19, between 1942 and 2001, when they filed for bankruptcy, they had 84 different incidents along the way of crashes and things like that which seems like a lot actually. But apparently with the number of flights that they have on a daily basis or had on a daily basis, that is actually, it's a pretty low number. So their, their, their first major crash actually happened in 1940 when the plane crashed and killed Carol Lombard, who you know, famous actress at the time. Yeah. Her, her mother was also on the flight with her and uh, there were 20 other people that were on that flight. In 1956, they actually, the, a TWA plane crash uh, hit, had a mid-air collision with a, a United Airlines flight where the, 128 people were killed on board. And after that happened, they actually started changing a lot of the rules in, or, and regulations about flight oper operations in the U.S. because they didn't want to have these type of mid-air crashes anymore. Four years later in 1960, something similar happened again also between TWA and, and United, where 134 people were killed in that air, air, in that crash, 84 on United Airlines, 44 on TWA, and six people on the ground. It was also, they, they had numerous uh, terrorist attacks on TWA, TWA planes. There were, six, there were six TWA uh, airliners that were that were hijacked. Okay. Yeah, completely. So in 1969, there was a flight that was between Rome and Athens 
that was hijacked and it was diverted to Damascus. Nobody was injured, but they ended up blowing up the nose of the plane. Not really sure, you know, why they would do that, <laughs> but okay. In 1970, there was a flight that was hijacked between Frankfurt on its way to New York. It was taken to Jordan. And at the same time, there were two other planes that were hijacked and they had three, three planes that were all sitting on the tarmac and they, they blew them all up. I actually have a cousin that was on one of those planes. Jesus. Yeah. He, you know, this is what, 50, 50, 52 years ago from when I discussed it with him at some point, you know, it still was pretty traumatic for him because he was, you know, even, though, even though everyone survived, they didn't, they didn't kill anybody there. They, they blew up the planes. And at the same time, they, they hijacked the fourth plane that they took to Cairo, you know, the, the, the group of terrorists. Mm. So, yeah. In 1971, there was a flight that was, that was hijacked and they wanted to take it from Albuquerque to Havana. And again, all the passengers were, were okay. In 1974, there was a flight that was hijacked between Tel Aviv and, and New York. And the plane actually uh, crashed in the Ionian Sea. And apparently they, they found that there was a, a bomb on board and they, it killed all 88 people that were, that were on that flight. Just a, a few more. In 1976, there was a, a flight that was hijacked by five Croatian separatists. And the plane was flying from LaGuardia to New York, LaGuardia to O'Hare in Chicago. And they wanted them to go to Montreal, which is uh, pretty interesting. And uh, when, when, when they finally, when, when they finally gave up, they found that the, these hijackers had, had fake explosives on them. They didn't, they, they weren't, they didn't have anything real on them. And then in 1985, there was the most famous TWA hijacking where there was a flight that was hijacked between Athens and Rome and taken to Beirut. Then it was flown to Algiers and then it was flown back to Beirut and then it was flown back to Algiers and then once again back to Beirut. Now, do, do, do you know anything about that flight? Do, do you remember anything about it, hearing about it? TWA flight Is that 47? Yeah, yeah. Is that, I, think, I think so. Is that the... Uh, I think so. Yeah, I think so. Is that the one that is in uh, the film Munich? I think not Munich. Else. Not Munich. You're close. It is isn't a movie. I'll give you a hint. Chuck oh, Norris. I don't know then. Chuck Norris ones. I can't, I can't think of a Chuck Norris uh, terrorist. Um, well, <laughs> lots of Chuck Norris terrorist ones. I can't think of the airplane one. I don't know. Um, it's it's in Delta Force. Oh, I still haven't seen Delta Force. My shame to say. <laughs> oh, okay. So yeah. So, so Delta Force is 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 more of a more or less a wet dream of what they wish happened. <laughs> you know, of saving the passenger <laughs> yeah. because there really was no Delta Force sent in to take care of them. But but one of the things that did happen tragically on that plane was that there was a a Navy SEAL that was on the plane that was that was murdered. Uh, Robert Dean Stetham, and uh, they they actually. You know, they beat him up and then shot him and dumped his body on the tarmac. Very tragic. Jeez. Yeah. And, uh, oh, sorry, there was there was one more hijacking. In 1986, there was a plane that was flying from Athens, or was on its way to Athens, where there was a bomb on board, which blew part of the, the top of the plane off. And four people were, were uh, 
were sucked out of the plane or ejected out of the plane and and died unfortunately from that and uh, there were a few other people that were that were injured along the way but but 110 passengers still survived the, this incident because of the way that the the pilot was able to to land the the flight wow. so yeah that that's about twa <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm flying to Italy in two weeks. You're not filling me with much confidence. <laughs> well, well, okay, so here I'll, I'll give you a little more confidence then. So, so the second airline that we see here is called Aerolinas Argentinas. Okay, it's the the largest air. It's the flag carrier of Argentina. Okay, the, the airline was created in 1949, and then it would it merged with Iberia, who took control of it in 1990. Okay, now the last time that something happened on a plane from, you know, from their fleet was in 1970. Okay, where someone died, I'm sorry. So where someone died, the last time someone died was in 1970 uh, from from some tragic thing, you know, tragic crash. There have been, it, it's actually ranked among the safest airlines in the world. So it, you should maybe try to fly via Argentina <laughs> fly, fly to Italy via Argentina <laughs> might be a bit too far yeah so I mean the, the only time that there was a fatality since since then was someone died of food poisoning on the plane in 1992 <laughs> yeah. they apparently had, had uh, contaminated shrimp that had cholera and they, they oh, fed God. that to the passengers and uh, one of the passengers actually died from that so oh, yeah Jesus. Yeah, which which reminds I'm me of airplane, the food, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Eat it, don't eat the fish. Which which <laughs> which is very funny because this week I I finally saw for the first time Zero Hour, which oh, is yeah, yeah. which is the 1957 movie that that airplane is pretty much based on, and it's almost yeah. entirely spoofs that. So it's just it was really funny watching that. <laughs> Because there are lines taken directly from the original movie. Yeah. You know, even heard, even yeah. the character, the same names of the characters and stuff like that. But <laughs> they have the whole thing with, with you know, eating the fish. <laughs> Anyone yeah. who ordered the fish was was in trouble on that plane. <laughs> so that was that was very fun. So Neil is walking across this tarmac for some reason. Again, we're we're still not really sure why he's walking across that tarmac. You know, there's there's no easier way of getting to the airport. <laughs> I don't know. It doesn't look that far away from the previous right. shot. But yeah. Now, I love the fact that as he's walking along the tarmac, you actually see a plane take off right next yeah. to him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, again, as, as we mentioned a little earlier, that probably is not Steve Martin. But that plane looks pretty close. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you don't see well, like I the... You don't see the wind blowing his hair or anything like that, but still, no, it's, no, I think it's it, pretty think close. It's done, with a, it's done with a long lens, which flattens the depth of the image, so he's probably a lot further away than it looks. Yeah, but, but, yeah. but I mean, and that plane looks still. humongous. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, seriously, well, that's just uh, pretty, pretty amazing that that uh, that they show that. Yeah, and then. Uh, you know, first of all, it, it's you know th at this point th throughout this entire time we're we're still hearing the music that we were hearing from yesterday, and at this point, right after that plane flies by, is when we hear the background sound of of you know Neil saying you're messing with the wrong guy, 
which which makes it even funnier because it's as if he's like theoretically screaming it at the at the airplane. At the airplane. <laughs> that's that's flying that's flying by. You know. And at this point the shot, you know, uh, he first of all I love the way that he is that he walks across the entire screen. You see him go yeah. from left to right. You know, they give us those extra seconds to really take in where he is. <laughs> And then the the scene shot the scene changes and we see uh, two two doors you know open up and then we see these these feet walk in with this these disheveled you know shoes and stuff like that. Do you, do you really think that that quickly shoes can get de- deteriorate like that? I I did wonder they almost look like slippers in that is so bizarre. I think um no I don't th- I don't think they'd be that destroyed although could it be from earlier in the film as well all that he's been through is uh, it's uh, but still yeah they're pretty ruined I, know, I mean, just... imagine a guy like that I imagine a guy like that they'd be quite expensive proper leather shoes which are usually pretty sturdy but yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, but it works it works as a as a gag yeah. yeah for sure and I love the way that they they pan up and you know you you see his whole body yeah. as it's being panned up and and it, it it gives you a really good sense of what he's been through. You see his bags ruined. You see his jacket spit dirty. His shirt and his and then obviously you end on the uh, on right. his face. Right. Well, first of all, I I love the fact that you see his tie. Right. So yeah. it's like it's it says to me that okay, he's putting the tie on there like like maybe he's got like a toothache type of thing. Yeah. You know, but I mean, we'll we'll talk shortly about what the script actually explains what that is. Do you, do you have any guess oh, okay. as to what he's doing there? No, I, I didn't get that. It's, it's weird. As I say, it looks like a toothache thing. I, I kind of feel like he's done something to his jaw. He's like being smacked, right. smacked by something. But, um, All right, so, yeah. so we'll, we'll, we'll keep everyone in suspense for a few for a few more minutes <laughs> okay. just to be able to hear what that is. Now, also, he's got like all these smudges across his face also. You know, he's got a smudge on his forehead and a smudge on his cheek and a smudge on his chin and stuff like that as he's doing it. Now, the, the, the music keeps playing. As as he's walking around, you know, you see all these people around him. Everyone, everyone's going about their business again. Nobody's looking at this strange guy with <laughs> no. who looks like he has a toothache, you know. And then we see that he like reaches up and and pulls it off. You know, he he's able to take off the the tie in a very simple fashion, and he just looks furious, hmm. furious. And then through the last second of this this minute, and literally the last second, we see. A picture of a woman talking on a phone, and we're we're gonna leave it at that. We're gonna make people <laughs> wait until tomorrow to find out who that woman is and why she's talking on the phone. Do you do you have anything else for this minute, David? Um, yeah, the, well, this is jumping back a bit further, but I think the the very opening bit, um, just I was just kind of analyzing the shots a little bit. Um, is the uh, when he's it's quite nice when he's going across the uh, the highway at the beginning, and um, it kind of gets a sense that you've got everyone flying by and uh, obviously it, it, in an obvious sense, it's just showing that he's walking across a highway somewhere dangerous that you shouldn't really be crossing. Um, but also I think it does give a sense of everybody's lives carrying on as normal. And it's, it's emphasizing how everyone else is able to travel and do what they like. They're all in the car and he's not again, it's kind of rubbing it in a little bit more. Yeah, completely. Just, yeah. I, I totally agree so, with yeah. you on that one. <laughs> that, that, that so, yeah, that's tip. one thing that I kind of, gathered shot wise but yeah yeah it's great oh also also there's nice there's a bit of a on the in terms of music cues they kind of it's quite nice how they have the uh um they have a, they have a, a specific kind of scratch 
um, when he falls off the edge, when he slides down. Yeah. Just to kind of uh, point that out. Um, yeah. Yeah, sure. Very good. All right. So every day I talk about the differences in the final script and what was in the final edit. And so we have a few little things. First of all, it just automatically jumps to him entering the airport. You know, we don't get anything. We don't get him walking on the highway. We don't get him falling down the snowbank. We don't get him walking across the tarmac. You know, none of that. None of that is mentioned in there. I, I guess they must have thought about it on the day. They said, hey, why don't we do this? <laughs> you know. But the, the script then gives a very descriptive account of Neil as he's walking into the, the airport itself. So I just want to quickly mention that. So it says, the doors open and Neil shuffles in. We, we start on his expensive Italian shoes and move up. The shoes are soaked with water, stained with road salt, frayed and torn. A tassel is loose and dragging. We move up to his pants legs. The cuff is on one leg is ripped and trailing behind. The fabric is soaked with water and stained with salt and mud. His beautiful trousers are flecked with mud and salt. His overcoat is splattered with water and dirt. He stops as we land on his face. It's frozen and speckled with the same salt and grit. His eyes are wild with rage. His teeth are clenched. His, his hair is standing on end and glistening with frost. He's wrapped his necktie around his head to keep his ears warm. He looks left, then right. His upper lip pulls back and he snarls. So, I mean, that, first of all, that, that's that's great description. And Steve Martin does a great job of making us see that character as as it was written, you know, in the original script. But I do like the fact that they explained to us what he was doing with his tie. He was trying to keep his yes, ears warm. Makes more sense now, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it does. No question about that. All right, so... Every Wednesday, we do a little segment called Hughes Hump Day, where my guest will give us his top favorite John Hughes movies. So, David, why don't you give us your top five favorite John, John Hughes movies? This became an interesting uh, task for me because I realized, uh, much to my shock, because I always think, oh, yeah, I love John Hughes. Um, I haven't seen that many of his films. Uh, I realise I've only actually seen four. I think I've seen five, but um, I, it's been. It, I think I've seen Curly Sue, but I can't remember. <laughs> I think I might have just seen the trailer a lot on videos when I was a kid. So it's just more of like a top four. <laughs> well, we'll put uh, Curly Sue down as number say. five. <laughs> but. So because, yeah, Kelly Sue number five, maybe because, because you <laughs> like the trailer so much. <laughs> well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go that far, but I saw on the merit of the trailer. <laughs> yeah, uh, number four, I'm going with the Breakfast Club. It's it's much loved by many, but uh, I'm not a massive fan of it. It's a film I watched quite late on. I only actually saw it for the first time, a, I don't know, maybe two years ago, and um, it, it, it was okay. It was it's it's very good in places, but I find it a bit flawed. Overall, I, I don't know how well it's aged in some places. And um, some of the kind of little dance montage and stuff, I was a bit like, I, I, maybe I was in the wrong mood, but um, I wasn't a massive fan. Okay. Uh, but the top three, I I, I am happy with. Uh, I number three, I've got Uncle Buck. Um, this is one I've not seen for, I've not seen all the way through for a long while. It's one that's on TV a lot, and I occasionally catch bits around it. It's, it's quite often on Christmas holidays and things. And uh, I do enjoy Uncle Buck. Um. 
it's uh yeah john candy obviously starring that and um we, we might come to that on another list later on in the week um but uh but yeah it's, it's a whole lot of fun uh and then number two is playing strange and automobiles i i do i do like it a lot um which is why it was easier to get me on this show than it was on the Great Escape <laughs> one. And uh, yeah, and, and then but number one for me though is Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Um, it's kind of an old personal favourite of mine. I've just I, I've watched it a lot when I was young, and it's uh, it's one I, I just I just love it. I think it's 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 a lot of fun. Um, it's uh, kind of touches on what John Hughes is good at. Kind of he was famous for doing these kind of teen teen movies it's got less angst than some of his other teen movies there's a although there is some of it in alan rook's character um but it's also got a lot of jokes and uh it's got it's and it's still got heart so his films always have that bit of heart in there um but not too much it doesn't get too cheesy i find um uh well i don't want to go to talk about the end of planes chase not mobiles but um there is a bit of a schmaltzy bit at the end which i'm sure somebody will get to later on down the line um whereas i think ferris bueller avoids that i think it's for me it works it it works better i'm not a big fan of over over center kind of sentimentality really in films and i think um that's one of his that that avoids that i mean there's tiny hints of it but overall it's more just a fun time and i just like it a lot so that's that's definitely my number one Cool. All right. Great. Thank you very much for that. So every day we do a, a segment called Off the Beaten Track, where either myself or my guest will give a little story about something that might have happened to us along the adventures of life. So, David, you got another one for us? I do. Well, this is kind of a an extension of yesterday's story. Um, uh, I was telling about our disastrous trip to the Cannes Film Festival. Um, well, so a couple of years later... Uh, we enjoyed Cannes so much as a company, we decided to try and go every couple of years whenever we could. Uh, but this time we weren't doing it as a whole company. After the disaster last time, we're like, no, I think they, I think they lost a lot of money on that trip. Um, so this time uh, it was more a case of if you want to go to Cannes, sort it out. And uh, and so we kind of went separately. And I, and I wasn't going to stay for the whole festival. I was just going to go to Cannes for uh i don't know like a week maybe um rather than the full two weeks and um and i i went separately i I went a little later than than some of the rest of the guys and um so after the the disaster in the previous the previous like two years ago and because i was on my own i was like right i'm gonna be well prepared i was nice and set off nice and early uh drove down to the nice clear drive down to stansted airport again it's kind of our nearest big one and everything very smooth got through all the got through the my luggage sorted got my tickets sorted on my everything everything on there and uh had a, had a bit of food at the uh in, in the airport and then i went through to the gate i was like i found which number it was i was sauntered over there and uh i got to gate i think it was like i don't know let's say it's 42 god knows what it really was it was a few years ago uh, gate 42 um uh, head up there and i see i see there's a queue so i was like okay cool i'll get the back of the queue they must be ready to get on the plane and uh, i was actually listening i had my headphones on um, i was listening i i might be wrong but i'm pretty sure i was listening to the lambcast the, 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 uh, the, yeah. i can't remember which episode it was but i'm almost certain i was listening to that and um so yeah i was listening to movie people chatting movies which is good uh, i was enjoying myself 
Um, but then I was in this queue for a little while, but I didn't think anything about, you know, flights flights can be late. Um, but then the queue started to move. It's like, okay, great, getting on the plane. I show them a ticket and they said, oh, <laughs> that flight left like 15 minutes ago. It said, uh, I was like, well, what am I queuing for? He says, oh, this is the next flight afterwards. Oh, wow. So <laughs> I'd had my headphones on and supposedly they'd been calling out my name, but I was just too busy listening to Jay and whoever talking about that they're the best movies. Jay's fault. There you go. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's definitely Jay's fault. So I blame him. I'll send him the bill for the money lost on that trip. But yeah, I, I, so I missed missed my flight to Cannes again the, the next time I tried to go. Uh, this time was less, it was less easy to, well, not that that was easy, to get it replaced either. So I just drove home, <laughs> drove home. My wife got surprised when I came back through the door saying, hi, I'm not in Cannes, I'm back home. So um, I did I did end up in Cannes, but I had to go um, uh, the following day um, and waste a lot of money on another ticket. Wow. So, yeah. <laughs> so... <laughs> I'm just cursed. Can is cursed for me. Um, I, I think you should stop going to Can. <laughs> I did. Well, I've not been that many times. I think I'm trying to say, I, I think I've only been three times. The third time to Can was successful. I got there. I got the plane. Nothing went wrong. I was absolutely sure. I did not wear headphones, but I was getting on the airplane. And uh, I did make one successful trip to Can, but those are the two. Three, no, three times a trip, as they say. Yes. <laughs> Great. Thank you very much for that. Very entertaining story. Thank you, David. <laughs> so you want to once again tell people how they can get in touch with you if as long as they're not trying to find you in can. <laughs> yeah. If you head over to blueprintreview.co.uk, you'll find all my film reviews and, and the likes. Excellent. And to find me is very simple. Just do a quick search for Movie Rob Minute. You can find me on Twitter. You can find me on Facebook. Or you can find me on my website. So, David, you, you feel like coming back tomorrow to find out who this woman is? Oh, yes. I'm very much looking forward to um, tomorrow. Right. Yes. Very good. So, until tomorrow, you're fine. Yeah. <laughs>